Welcome to Rising Leaders of New York with your host, David Zwerin of Hill & Moyne LLP. They present to you conversations with today's and future leaders of New York City discussing the challenges and issues relevant to New Yorkers. You can find this show at www.hillmoyne.com and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now here are the hosts of Rising Leaders of New York. Hello, everybody. My name is David Zwerin. I am an attorney with the law firm of Hill and Moyne LLP, located at 2 Wall Street, uh, right here in New York, New York. Uh, we are a small plaintiff's personal injury law firm focusing specifically uh, on helping injured victims in uh, serious accidents on someone's premises, particularly construction sites. Uh, however, I also get the pleasure of hosting this podcast, Rising Leaders of New York, where I get to talk to interesting guests uh, who have a lot of uh, very important information to impart to our uh, listening audience about the topics that you as uh, New Yorkers need to know about. And today I'm very excited to be joined by Kyle Kirby of USI Insurance Services. Uh, we're going to have a very uh, exciting and informative chat about some of the important issues that people need to know uh, when they're thinking about what kind of insurance uh, should I be buying? Do I have enough insurance? Do I have a uh, lapse in, uh, in, in my coverage or, uh, or blind spots that I'm missing? As a personal injury attorney, one of the issues we come across, uh, particularly in motor vehicle cases, but it can uh, occur in all sorts of different uh, settings, is is people who think they're getting insurance that's adequate to protect them when they get in a motor vehicle accident only to find out they've been seriously injured and they're at the mercy of another driver who's driving around with $25,000 of coverage. And all of a sudden, that's all the money that is really available to satisfy them. Um, or, or they get sued, God forbid, and have some horrible, terrible accident and realize they put their assets at risk because they didn't uh, adequately protect themselves. So uh, I expect Kyle will have a lot of interesting things to say about uh, the topic of insurance today. So uh, with that in mind, Kyle Kirby, welcome to Rising Leaders of New York. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. So Kyle, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what do you do at USI and how did you get into, uh, into the insurance profession? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, uh, especially the journey of getting here. So a, a little bit of background on, on myself. Um, originally, you know, what I went to school for back in college was to be a teacher. Um, and and that's, that's what my primary background is in, is in education and teaching. Um, you know, that was a, a shift in focus after graduating mm -hmm. school. And, and I started looking for other other opportunities, other ways to kind of fill that that passion of mine. And, and I found my way to the insurance industry by starting uh, working for a local state farm agent and then progressing all the way now uh, to where I am at USI Insurance, which is a national brokerage um, with offices all over the country. Uh, primarily, at least you know, in New York City, we have one, Westchester, Florham Park, New Jersey, and on Long Island as well. Uh, and I take that educational consultative approach that I have from the teaching background and apply it to what I do every day with my clients. What were you? Uh, what specifically were you? Te were you teaching? Yeah, it was it was history and social studies. Um, that's 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 what was the original germ of the of the passion for sure. Um, primarily American history, Civil War era, things like that. Interesting. Uh, and uh, yeah, did a little student teaching. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Uh, just you know, the the educational system at the time just you know was 
it, there's there's reasons for me to kind of move in a different direction. So that's what I did. And what kind of insurances do you specialize in? Yeah, so per, personally, I specialize in personal lines insurance or personal risk. Uh, USI has multiple divisions for small and large commercial uh, employee benefits, et cetera. So, but personally, I, I focus on personal lines insurance. So that'd be like auto insurance, homeowners insurance, and and personal liability. Now, so I teased this a little bit in my introduction, but uh, what are some of the issues you see that where people make mistakes or people don't quite understand the law uh, or how to best protect themselves when they're making the decision, what kind of insurance should I get now that I have a, a motor vehicle? Yeah, no, that's a good question, David. And and I'll, I'll tie it in directly to your, your comments on, on liability, things like underinsured motors, motors as well. Uh, the, the biggest issue I found is, is you know, insurance in general, uh, especially auto insurance and homeowners insurance has become incredibly transactional for clients. Uh, and, and more often than not, you find that clients will purchase, you know, their insurance policy for the first time, whether it's auto insurance, maybe through a 1-800 call center, um, get a policy so they can drive a car off the lot that day and don't really put too much thought into some of the details and the coverages that they have, uh, primarily those being liability. Uh, in New York State specifically, the minimum requirements for liability are incredibly low. Uh, you mentioned it before, David, 2550 being that number. Uh, essentially what that means for those who don't understand, that's bodily injury coverage. Uh, 25,000 being the most that your auto insurer will pay uh, for bodily injury. Uh, liability claims for an individual, and then the second number being for mostly like an accident's worth of people, and that's where the fifty thousand comes from. Um, so I've noticed so just, that so people. Just, so just yeah. to be clear, let if my family were to uh, let's say to rear-end somebody tomorrow, um, yep. and we hit a car that has three people in the car, and we cause them uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars of potential injury, they turn around and sue us. Am I correct that the limit on each individual in that car could get is 25,000 per person and 50,000 to be split amongst all of them, right? Correct. And that's if you're carrying the state minimum coverage. That's right. And and that's and that's what we see. You know, a lot of people are not covering, are not carrying the proper amount of coverage there. Uh, and often what happens there is just a lack of probably understanding from the class perspective of actually knowing what those coverages do for them. Um, and, and like I said, just being conditioned to the market, kind of being very transactional. Uh, that's why it's important to have somebody that you work with that's an advocate for you and an advisor that can give you advice along the course of your life as your needs change. Because uh, more often than not, you know, that auto policy that you purchased when you were 18 just to get the car off the lot because you couldn't afford anything more, right? It, maybe that's the reason you got the minimum coverage. Well, maybe now, you know, 10 years later, you have a house, you know, you have, have, a, have a, you know, a significant other or a spouse, and you have many more assets potentially at risk, and that state minimum coverage is not going to be enough to protect those. Now, for bodily injury, I assume that as you raise your raise the limits let's say you want to go from 2550 to 50 or 100 or mm -hmm. 25500 uh or anything like that i assume the rates are going to increase considerably under the policy so you know if new yorkers can get the cheapest policy available why would they want to pay significantly higher premiums yeah it's a good question so just just on a specifically you know per dollar basis um 
Yes, you know, increased coverage is going to be more when it comes to um, the actual premium. But the, what the perspective I like to take when it comes to conversations with clients is to remember that, yes, you might be paying, you know, a little bit more in your premium now, but if you don't take the additional coverage, the potential losses down the line for a claim, as you mentioned, David, you know, $50,000 for, for an entire accidents worth of people is not going to cut it in almost every instance. Um, you know, even if you think about just from property damage, the minimum coverage in New York for property damage is only $10,000. I mean, you, you drive down the road, you're going to pass many vehicles that are worth more than 10,000 and, and that's just not going to be enough. So, you know, if you think about it from the perspective, yes, you know, maybe I'll pay a couple bucks more. And in most cases to go from what's that one stage to the next, you're really only talking about a couple dollars more uh, per month, you know, in, in a lot of cases, those are going to um, that 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 increase in what you're paying monthly is it pales in comparison to the financial burden you might have if you don't carry enough. And then to take this one step further, when you're looking for other insurance options down the line, insurance carriers do consider how much liability coverage you are carrying on your policy. So those who carry more, let's say you had you know two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, are more often than not going to get a better rate. All other things being equal. Um, if that's somebody who's carrying state minimums. So the long-term effects of that actually are more beneficial on rating than it is if you just always have the state minimums for the entire time that you own your car. Now, if somebody wanted to like get bodily injury coverage, but, but think, okay, well, I own a house now. Maybe I own a very nice house and or I have a, lots of nice properties in my house, like jewelry and TVs or uh, whatever else they want to protect. And they don't want the risk of accidentally being at fault for maybe a terrible injury where maybe they cost hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars uh, to someone in an unforeseen catastrophe and having all of their assets, all of their life support putting, uh, put at peril. Uh, what would they have to do to get an umbrella policy and like what exactly is an umbrella an excess policy and is that something that someone could get if they were just getting a twenty five fifty thousand policy can they get the minimum amount of bi coverage and then protect themselves with a big umbrella policy sure i'll address that question first the answer to that is no uh you do have to carry it was certain, rhetorical but I yeah no i know yeah you, you do have to carry a certain amount of underlying uh liability coverage in order to qualify for an umbrella. Uh, overwhelming majority of cases, that would be the 250,000, 500,000 uh, in bodily injury coverage that I mentioned before. There are some cases, depending on certain uh, umbrella carriers, where you can get away with 100,000, 300,000, but then the pricing is off. So usually it doesn't make sense to do that. Typically, you want to go 250, 500. Um, and, and to answer that other part, as far as what umbrella insurance does for somebody, umbrella insurance is, like you mentioned, David, like an excess liability policy that kicks in um, in the event that the underlying amount of coverage you have on your auto or homeowner's insurance is exhausted in a claim. So if you know your scenario before David, you know, you get into an accident with somebody and they have three people in the car and it causes a ton of liability, uh, lawsuit damage, tons of injuries, over the $500,000 limit you have on your um, auto insurance policy, assuming that you have that and then you also have the umbrella, once that 500,000 is exhausted, it, you know, starting at a million dollars in the umbrella coverage, that's when that would go in. So then you can get increments uh, usually going up a million, in some cases going up way higher up to then 20, $50 million in excess coverage, depending on the client. Um, the more often thing that you see is people opting for like a million, two million, three million dollars in, in umbrella or excess. 
which is critical for people who do have assets like a home, you know, in, in those scenarios in which you don't have enough coverage to completely recoup somebody for damages they have in an accident or other some other some other type of claim or lawsuit that you might have. Um, you know, those potential, you know, those assets you have like a home, a secondary home, whatever those are, could potentially be at risk in a lawsuit too. Um, how broad are most umbrella or excess policies written? Like uh, you, you indicated it could be available in the situation where I get into uh, an accident, I'm at fault for uh, causing uh, someone or multiple people severe injury in a car accident, but what if I got, what if I injured someone on a bike or uh, someone tripped and fell in front of my sidewalk? How broad could, could an umbrella policy possibly be to protect myself from all liabilities? I, what if I wanted to be protected from more than just being a bad driver? I swear I'm a good driver. Yeah, no, exactly. And and in those cases, you're absolutely right. Those would also apply. You could even be going to the grocery store. Let's say you're pushing your shopping cart and you're checking your phone at the same time and you roll the ankle of some nice little old lady that's, you know, checking out and looking at some can of beans or something, you know, that in that scenario, you know, that could potentially be a lawsuit. Your liability on your underlying homeowner's insurance will often extend to those scenarios. You, contract language can be vary from car carrier to carrier, but almost in every case that's going to apply. Uh, from the underlying home and then again with the umbrella or excess policy kicking in afterwards there is some differences too between umbrella and excess excess is quite literally just excess on top of um, your underlying auto or home uh, whereas umbrella can get a little bit more broad in terms of covering you for things that maybe wouldn't be covered under your your auto or homeowner's insurance um, but you know like you mentioned someone gets someone is, you know trips uh, on your sidewalk i use this example a lot for a client that i had of mine who had a secondary home up north uh, that they stay in during the summer, obviously during the winter, the weather's a little bit different. There's some ice on their driveway, you know, that they that they weren't able to keep up with because they weren't there physically. Someone was dry, walking down the road, slipped and fell on the ice, and that was their property, and that that was considered the, their their liability claim. Um, situations like that are perfect examples of why someone needs uh, the excess coverage and liability from an umbrella or just a standard excess policy. Are there any insurance issues that people should be thinking about if they're in the position of potentially owning multiple homes? What if they have like a primary residence and a rental home or, or something? Mm -hmm. what, are, what are some things people should be concerned about how to properly protect themselves uh, when they start having multiple residences? Yeah, so in, in, in mentioning that before, quite very important to have the excess coverage there just because you have additional exposures, right? Um, not only that, but the actual contract language needs to change in terms of the way the policy is actually written. So oftentimes people forget to do this when they're buying a secondary home or whether they're maybe buying a new primary home and then taking their old primary home and making that a rental. You know, you, you actually need an entirely new policy in order to cover that rental uh, home as opposed to just a standard primary use homeowner's insurance policies, the liability, liability is very different for the carrier and they need to account for that. Obviously with, you know, you're right, I'm writing, you know, a, a rental property for David Zwerin, but I don't know who the tenant necessarily is as the insurance carrier. So they have to rate for that differently. Um, you know, and so yes, if, if you're having rental properties, additional homes, it's just even more important, A, to make sure the policy is written correctly to protect you, because if it's not, there's every potential that the insurance carrier can deny the claim, which what's the point of it having it in the first place. And then the, the second and the second piece being, you know, making sure you have the additional liability coverage because you just have that one additional exposure. And I would apply that to everything. I would apply that to you if you have a boat, if you have, you know, um, a motorcycle, 
any additional lines of coverage is just an additional reason to have um, umbrella or access coverage. What if somebody, uh, let's say uh, my family got into an accident uh, tomorrow. We're responsible people. We have a ton of bodily injury uh, coverage to protect our assets if we're at fault, but this time we're not at fault. Somebody else rear ends us and that person's driving around with twenty-five dollars to $50,000 of insurance. Now, all of a sudden, that's all the money we can sue that person for. Is there anything I could have done to potentially give myself the ability to recover more from my family now that I'm seriously injured due to someone else's negligence? Or am I just stuck with 2550? Could I have avoided that? Yeah, yes, you could have, David. That's a very what good question. could I have done? Well. well, you could have purchased some additional underinsured uh, motorist coverage, uh, which is available pretty much on every auto insurance policy contract. It is also required by New York State law as well to carry uninsured or underinsured motorist coverage on your auto insurance policy. However, it is also still only required for the minimum coverage of 25,000, 50,000, um, in, in which case more often- So I don't have it. to get 250, 500 or something like that to protect my family? Well, you should if you wanna properly protect your family. And that's what I was about to get into, yeah. So those, and, and the even better part about that is that the actual rate difference premium wise for purchasing additional coverage for underinsured or uninsured motorists is very marginal. I mean, we're talking, pennies it's 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 not a huge difference in order to make sure that you're properly protected there um more often than not anytime i'm writing a policy for somebody i always recommend that they have matching uninsured or underinsured coverage that matches their base liability coverage and pretty much every carrier that that's worth anything is going to do that automatically but there are definitely exceptions in which they might just decrease that as a cost saving measure as opposed to just actually doing the right thing and properly protecting the client. You can also purchase additional uninsured motorist coverage on a umbrella policy too. So that's another way to give yourself additional protection. And it can be very broad as well. You know, uninsured motorists can even extend to you if you're a pedestrian. So if you're, you know, let's say you're going for your morning run um, on the road and someone drives past you and it's a hit and run or something like that happens and the, you're, you're, not, you're not able to either, either locate that person or they're not insured enough, your own base auto insurance policy that you have that you carry for your own car will help protect you in that scenario as well. So I'm very glad to hear that that's the thing that you talk about with your clients is getting that extra level of protection of a uninsured or underinsured or a supplementary uh, mm -hmm. underinsured motorist coverage. Uh, these things we usually refer to these things in short as UM, UIM, SUM. Yeah, insurance. Uh, and I'm correct wrong, but all policies in New York basically just come with state minimum $25,000. Um, but most That's people right. don't know that they have the option to increase that. And in my experience, uh, having purchased policies before, before I became a personal injury attorney and knew anything about how these work, uh, I usually found that the person with the insurance company just wanted me to get more and my more and more BI coverage because I imagine. That's probably where uh, where representatives make most of their money. Uh, I know you you indicated that the rates don't go up that much, but I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. The margins I imagine are better on the BI side than the UIM or SUM side, where it's very cheap to raise your rate your protection quite a bit. Correct. Correct. And, and more often than not, that's because the frequency at which a claim is actually 
made against that is, is less than non-standard bodily injury coverage or property damage. Just more often than not, it's not used all the time, but it does get used in those rare instances where you need it. Right. And this is something that I think is very valuable for uh, for all potential motorists and certainly uh, it's good for my current clients to know or anybody's current clients to know. And it's good for um, you know people who might be in an accident, God forbid, in the future to know while they still have uh, control over, over their future. Um, with BI, all that has to happen to put your BI in risk is for an accident to happen and someone to sue you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it. That's the trigger. Someone just has to say, you're at fault. I'm coming after it. For, for that UIM claim to potentially come into play, there has to be a lawsuit first, generally, but really what has to happen is that you got to hire a lawyer. The lawyer has to put your own carrier on notice to protect that claim that there might be a potential claim afterwards. But then what really has to happen before it could ever even come into play is that there has to be a surrendering of every last dollar of the underlying bodily injury policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that UIM policy or SUM policy, uh, it needs to exceed the amount of the bodily injury. There has to be some sort of difference between the two. Let's say the responsible BI uh, tort fees or the responsible party has $25,000 um, and you were, and the responsible, uh, sorry, and I went out and got $100,000 of SUM. Well, then I could correct me if I'm wrong be able to make a $75,000 claim. But first, I'd have to get, I'd have to show the other convinced the carrier for the BI that they're insured is 100% responsible and cough up every last dollar. And that just doesn't happen all that often. It doesn't. And and it's very rare, especially in New York State, for things to be 100% someone's fault in some cases. You know, you, you see it a lot with maybe like a rear ending. I think that your example was really good for this, you know, if we're going to do that. If you're, do, if you're the one doing the rear ending, you're probably going to be considered 100% of all. Um, but I've seen some really, really strange scenarios in which clients that you would think logically would be one, either 100% in the clear or 100% of all just ended up not being the case for varying reasons. Oh, you should have been able to anticipate this person making that decision or checking your mirrors before you made every single turn, even though you're making a legal turn. You know, there, so there's definitely all those scenarios that, that definitely come into play. Um, yeah, which is why it's 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 critical to make sure the coverage is right because you know you don't want to assume that it's going to be right when it happens. Unfortunately, too many people do that, where they they think, okay, well, I have insurance. One of the biggest misnomers in insurance in general is the term full coverage. You hear that a lot. People about there's a lot of people who take that at face value. I'm fully covered. Well, you don't really know until the scenario actually comes up, which is why it's important to review it. What exactly does that mean when someone says they're fully covered and why would that be anything less than full shouldn't yeah yeah so there's two different ways to look at it and when when you're talking about full coverage you're we're going into a different realm of more talking about damage to vehicles there um and and for your own vehicle meaning i mean um so in order to get a car on the road in your state you don't need to carry any coverage for your own personal vehicle you just need to carry the liability personal injury protection coverage uninsured motorists like we've discussed um but when people say full coverage, they're usually referring to, oh, I'm good. I have a 2018 Honda Accord, and I would like to have comprehensive and collision coverage on this as well. That will protect me there. People think when you add that, it's they have the thought of full coverage, 
and they maybe apply that to their entire account, which is just not necessarily the case, depending on what their actual limits are. Um, you know, we've already this year seen some pretty severe storms. Um, uh, as we record this today, I'm not quite sure when this episode will drop, but just in the last week, there were uh, mm -hmm. gigantic fires in Canada causing a huge smoke condition. So weather's getting more extreme. A lot of unexpected. A lot of the issues that were previously unexpected or unforeseeable is happening. What are some of the issues you're seeing with uh, with catastrophe claims uh, these days? Yeah, it, the the biggest issue being is that they're increasing and that they're happening in places that they traditionally and historically weren't happening before. Um, you know, you know, Florida coast, California wildfires. You know, you know these are, these are things that insurance carriers have a pretty good understanding about. Uh, and 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 can be prepared for making decisions whether or not to be in a market or not. But you know, you're, we're seeing more often that the severity of losses and claims are happening in different places and are, are way worse than they were before. Add that to various issues we have with inflation and, and, and things of that nature. It's very much impacting, um, especially on the homeowners insurance side, um, the replacement cost on houses, which is a different conversation when it comes to liability. Now we're talking more what it costs to actually rebuild your home if you had a total loss. Uh, to bring it back to where it was before you had that claim uh, and, and, and things like that. So, you know, the biggest reason I like to bring this kind of conversation up, so it's so important to have somebody that you work with uh, that is a broker or somebody that can shop through multiple markets because the insurance industry and, and the market is tightening. Um, it's happening every, every day, week, we get new updates about certain markets that carriers maybe are or aren't interested in any longer. Um, and it's because of all those factors, you know, the increased claim severity, um, how much it costs to actually repair things, whether it's a car, you know, maybe even in cases like increased, you know, uh, uh, severity in, in terms of volume and size of lawsuits for, for liability purposes, you know, those are going up too. Uh, and, and in those cases, you know, it's really important to navigate the market to actually find a place with a carrier who is able to give a favorable coverage and rate combination. Uh, for a client. And, uh, you know, you can do that the best by working with somebody who can actually go through the market, have conversations with underwriters and come back with real, real solutions. Uh, Kyle Kirby, we uh, are just about out of time. It was a great pleasure having you on. Um, and if not, any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, if they have questions about uh, their insurance needs um, or, and, or get, you know, whether or not they're looking to buy a policy or not, they just want to pick your brain. Like, what should yeah. they be thinking about to protect their family, whether they're looking to make a decision or not? Uh, can people uh, get in touch with you if they have any questions? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm happy to provide a, a cell phone number and an and a email if that's good, David. Sure, go ahead. Whatever you like yeah. to provide. Yeah. So um, if anyone would want to reach out to me, uh, my direct phone number is actually my cell phone is 845-381-3380. Uh, and then my email is just my, my name, kyle.kirby at usi.com. Uh, happy to discuss anything with the client to make sure that they're at least properly protected, whether they move forward with options with me or not. Happy to always educate and help. Uh, insurance is uh, something I deal with, you know, every day as a personal injury attorney. And I see it from the side of dealing with those clients who have had a terrible injury and sometimes in a lot of times in a car accident, finding out, oh, they, they didn't adequately protect themselves. They didn't have the UIM or SUM uh, to protect themselves uh, if they were not lucky enough, lucky as a lucky in quotes, oh, yeah. to be injured by maybe a big commercial truck. 
um, or God forbid, uh, you know, they don't they don't have the adequate protection for their assets. So, uh, you know, these are the things that I deal with a lot of time when uh, when I have these clients, we have to commence these lawsuits and find out what insurance exists. And it's really important for people to know what they can do to protect themselves before they uh, eventually uh, need to retain a personal injury attorney because God forbid something terrible has happened. Um, yeah, and it's good. And it's good to know. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast today, uh, Kyle. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again. My name is David Swearin of Hill and Moyne LLP. If you are looking to contact a personal injury attorney, because God forbid you've been in a, a serious car accident or injured on someone's premises or uh, had a construction accident, you can reach me at 212-668-6000. You can also find us on the web at Hill, H-I-L-L, Moin, M-O-I-N.com. Until next time, everybody, I'm David Swearin here, uh, and I look forward to speaking with another rising leader of New York. Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to Rising Leaders of New York, hosted by David Swearin of Hill & Moin, LLP. You can catch prior episodes at www.hillmoin.com and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing the show with others.